Hi, I'm Robin Birkin and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast, a place for women struggling to conceive to find emotional support, conception advice and real talk. To me, being a warrior means true glory is in rising every time we fall, having the courage to be afraid and being ready for whatever challenges cross our path. So welcome, warrior. You're on your way. I promise to support and guide you on every single episode. Let's begin. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Fertility Warriors. I'm so happy that you're here, and I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that I'm super active on Instagram. If you would like extra lessons, if you would like competitions and giveaways and all kinds of other stuff, even the odd funny meme, then please come and follow me at Robin Birkin because, as I say, I share heaps of stuff on there. I'm super active and I know that you will get a few laughs but also a whole ton of value if you come and find me on Instagram. If you like this podcast, I would also be so grateful for you to come and leave a review for me on iTunes. I love receiving reviews. They honestly, like if you ever think to yourself, some people email me and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, like you're replying and things like that. And I wanted to let you know, I am a real person on the other end. And, you know, it's so easy to be disconnected on the internet. It's so easy to feel really detached from things, but I'm a real person and I'm a real person who sits here every week producing a podcast that I hope is helpful to you guys. And if it is helpful, then honestly, I would really love a review on iTunes. It's really easy to do and you can do it even if you're on Android and listening on something like Podcast Addict. You can just go into the settings of the podcast. There's usually a thing that says add review and you can do that there. And the messages that you'll leave, like they just make me so happy. So I would be so, so grateful. Come and find me on Instagram and please leave a review if you can. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about seven myths about infertility. Some of these are things that you might believe, but some of them are things that I know you know that other people believe that are complete BS about infertility. So let's dive right in. Let's not mess around. Myth number one which I think people don't often understand, is that it doesn't have to be either or. So the myth is that it has to be either or, but the truth is that it doesn't have to be either or. So what I mean is that often I connect with warriors and I have friends as well who listen, even listen to the podcast that believe that you can't do, if you want to, like you can't, pursue IVF whilst also making lifestyle changes. And that's completely not true. And I don't recommend it either. If you are undergoing IVF, then I think it's really important that you also put in the work in making sure your diet is right, making sure that you're really managing your stress and things like that. Because at the end of the day, your body is likely playing a part in some capacity. So maybe the embryos are being put back in through IVF. Even if you are um, using a surrogate, it's often your eggs. Maybe you have an egg donor, then it's your body that, that we're trying to implant into. Your body is usually playing a part in some capacity. So it's really important that you 
maximize your chances of success with IVF because if like shit in shit out guys if your diet is shit then that means that your egg quality is probably going to be shit if you are a ball of stress ditto you're probably going to have a lot of inflammation and your egg quality is going to suffer as a result so you can still be committed to making changes whilst undergoing IVF but On the flip side, there are a lot of people who think that like they don't want to go through IVF and so they're not going to go see a fertility clinic. And the truth of that is that actually there's a lot of steps before you get to IVF and there's also a lot of other treatments out there that people can try and it really depends on your condition and what's going on. But the number one thing that makes me sad is people who don't go and get tested sooner and don't at least start the conversation it's like when you go for a job interview and people discount themselves out from the job or they decide that the job's not right for them before actually learning all of the information about the job and actually being offered the job so it's like you're saying oh no like this isn't going to work but you actually don't know the full story and you haven't been offered the position so you need to actually get to the point of a doctor saying let's do IVF before I think you should discount IVF, but certainly if you've been trying for more than six months and you're over 35, if you've been trying for more than six months, if you are under 35, then you need to pronto go and see a fertility specialist or a reproductive endocrinologist, depending on what part of the world that you live in. And I really do recommend not just going to see an obstetrician slash gynecologist. The reason why I say this is because someone like a reproductive endocrinologist or a fertility specialist is looking at things like endometriosis and PCOS multiple times per day. Someone like an obstetrician is looking at pregnant bellies all day. Someone like a gynecologist could be dealing with a range of conditions, but they're not seeing the same quantity of what you're dealing with as everybody else. So Make sure you go and see someone pronto. Find out the steps. Find out if there's something wrong. Like I'd hate you to be there trying to conceive naturally but, you know, feeling like you're against IVF, A, without knowing all the facts, but B, without knowing whether there's something like super, super wrong going on that like it would just make it impossible to conceive naturally. And here's the thing as well. Like it all takes way longer than you think, okay, So trying naturally can also occur alongside conventional treatment. There's lots of steps before jumping into the deep end. There's lots of testing. There's lots of in-betweens while you wait for appointments and things like that. Conventional medicine can be amazing. It can help you get to that goal faster. And it's not about working against it. It's about working with it. So on both counts, right? So if you are going through IVF, it's about you know, focusing on your coping mechanisms and stress management, making sure your diet's right, making sure your egg quality is amazing so that you can have quicker success and improved outcomes. And that's exactly the same for if you feel at this stage that you're not for IVF. So myth number two is that stress is the number one cause of infertility. Who here has been told to just relax or just take a holiday or just have a boozy night with their husband and then they'll get pregnant? It's like the number one thing we hate, right? Infertility is a medical condition, y'all. It has a whole range of factors 
Some of the leading causes of infertility are things like PCOS and endometriosis. The fact of the matter is, can I get a hell yes, please? Let's say it louder for the people in the back. No amount of yoga, meditation, journaling will just magically make those things go away, right? You have a medical condition. Something is going on in your body. It could be caused or triggered by stress or inflammation, but the fact of the matter is there's a whole lot of biological stuff going on and it's going to be more than just, you know, like a little bit of yoga to heal that. Myth number three, though, is that stress has no impact. So it's a really common thing, like people outside of infertility, I like just relax and give other pieces of shit advice like that. But then people within infertility, I'm talking to you guys, and I almost feel like this is what I would have been like if people told me that. And I started to realize it towards the end of my journey, but I feel like if someone said to me that stress was having an impact on my fertility, it may have triggered me. And the reason why it may have triggered me is because I felt so fucking stressed and didn't know how to fix it and deep down was super worried because, like, I couldn't fix the situation but I was really stressed and I didn't want to believe that maybe the stress was having an impact. But it does. And this is not me saying just relax because that's, like, shit advice and it's not even a strategy. What strategy is just relax? However... Stress can trigger autoimmune conditions. It can make our hormones go a little bit wacky. There's a thing called the HPA axis. So that's our hypothalamus, our pituitary gland, and our adrenals. They're all kind of linked together and they can all affect each other. So our hypothalamus is where some of our um, like fertility hormones get released. But then like cortisol and things like that is where I think our pituitary gland is, I get a little bit confused because obviously I ain't a doctor, but it can also affect our sleep, which is incredibly important for our health. I'm sure many of you have heard of melatonin, which is like the hormone that is released during sleep that is super important for egg quality. And like I've worked with women for a few years now or several years now, and I've seen the big impact that effective stress management techniques and mindset shifts can have not just on our overall life and our conception success, but it's also backed up by multiple research studies. It's backed up that women who do things like mind-body courses, one piece of research showed that the women who undertook mind-body interventions had double the success of those who didn't, but not only that, that 90% of them conceived within two years. That's an insane, like seriously. So it's an important thing. Like it needs to be a priority. This is something that you control. This is something that the fertility clinics wipe their hands of. And I think what the biggest, I guess, thing is that nobody gives you like strategies. Well, exactly how the F do I do that, right? And there's lots of different ways to do that. And this can be a total game changer for you. Okay. Just as important a piece of the pie as conventional medicine, just start doing something, one thing, and there's lots of different things to do. And it comes down to activating our rest and digest 
reproduce system, right? Rather than fight or flight. We want to deactivate our fight or flight mode, right? And once we do that, then we can start taking ourselves out of that mode, taking ourselves out of the physiological response that we're having to the chronic stress that we're under. So that could be as easy as going to a yin yoga class. It could be as easy as increasing some of your self-awareness by going to see a therapist or a psychologist of some description. It could be taking a course like the Fertility Warrior Intensive or I don't know if you know this is Alice Rose or Alice Rose from Instagram. She also has a mindset. Like there's plenty of things out there. There are actually plenty of places that you can go. You could also check out one of my favorite books. It's called Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. She teaches a meditation technique, which is the meditation technique that I use. So there's lots of things that you can do. Just do something. You don't even have to believe it. You don't even have to, you know, don't believe me. That's fine. But it's in your best interest for not just conceiving faster, like super faster. It's like not even in the best interest of, you know, conceiving faster and saving money and things like that. But it's in your best interest for you, hun. Like it's in your best interest so that you can survive this journey as well. Would you like to learn what some of the latest research says about how to drastically improve the success rates of IVF and IUI cycles? I bet you would, because if you can drastically improve your success rates, and I mean like double your success rates, then that means hopefully less IVF cycles, less time, less cost, and less heartache for you, and a quicker chance of having your baby in your arms in the future. If you would like to know how to double your chances of conceiving, even if you are over 35, and if you're going through IVF, IUI, or even if you're trying naturally, then I would love you to jump into my free masterclass where I'll share what some of the latest research says about maximizing your IVF success. So come and find me at robinburkin.com slash workshop where you can sign up to receive instant access to my workshop. robinburkin.com slash workshop. Okay, that rants over. Myth number four is that if you'll adopt, you'll fall pregnant. Or if you go on a holiday, or quit your job. No, everyone knows someone who you know, did something in their lives and then miraculously fell pregnant naturally. But why does that happen? Why? And I'll tell you why that happens and which I think you'll find interesting. It's because infertility doesn't necessarily mean that you'll never fall pregnant. And I think that sometimes a better term is subfertility, which is defined as taking longer than 12 months to fall pregnant. So the people who we're talking about may have tried for two years and that was the average amount of time for their situation. They may have, you know, alongside that big holiday that they went to, made massive lifestyle changes that changed the game. There is probably a very low percentage of people for whom they go on a holiday or quit their job or adopt and fall pregnant. I mean, it may also be that, you know, like I was just talking about in the previous thing, they've started employing strategies to take themselves out of that chronic stress situation, which has then helped balance their hormones, improve their egg quality. But 
It's still a low percentage of people who just do something like go on a holiday or have a boozy night. It's definitely not the majority. It's no guarantee. And I would not call something like adoption. I'm sure you will agree. I would not call that a strategy for conception. Myth number five is, and I've talked about this a little bit, that once you commit to going to a clinic, you'll be whizzed into IVF. You won't. It just all takes longer than you think it'll take. And even if you think it will take a long time, it still takes longer than that. There's so much testing. There's so much waiting. There's more testing, more waiting, a bit of light medical intervention, then more waiting, then more waiting, a little bit more waiting, a little bit more testing, and it just always ends up taking longer. So you won't be whizzed into IVF, okay? They'll do a whole bunch of tests and hopefully they'll test you really thoroughly to figure out what's going on. But You definitely won't be whizzed into IVF. You'll have time to save money. You will have time to think about how you feel about that. You will have time to also implement other, I guess, lifestyle changes and things like that. But there's certainly plenty of time that you will have to do other things and you won't be whizzed right into IVF off the bat. The next myth, myth number six, is that your IUI or IVF cycle will be successful on the first round. I know lots of people who have had successful IUI and IVF cycles on the first round, but I'm really sorry for the majority of us, including me, it probably won't. Success rates for IUI can be as low as 11% and success rates for IVF vary depending on a huge range of factors. In fact, I think there needs to be a whole episode on its own about how to decipher the success rates of IVF clinics um, because they break them up into people who are under 35, people who are over 35, you know, and sometimes the clinics, rightly or wrongly, I don't know, do things like really thoroughly screen people before they decide whether or not they'll treat people so that it's almost like they're rigging the results based on the people who have the best, I guess, lifestyle factors and outcomes for, you know, whether or not they conceive. But It just, you know, like a whole bunch of factors, whether you've done pre-genetic testing, your age, how old the embryos are at implant. But as a general figure, I would say that IVF success rates are about 33 to 35%. So does that even mean you shouldn't try? No. Does that mean you shouldn't get your hopes up? No, but it does mean that you should commit to the long haul and keep the prize in mind. You know, when we come to mindset, things that we talk about is it's like, We feel like it's a sprint. We prepare ourselves for a sprint. We put in all this energy for this sprint and then it ends up becoming a marathon and it's like we're burnt out and we've got no energy at the end. So if you check out my previous episodes, you know, I want you to bring joy back to your life. I want you to prepare for the long haul. I want you to nourish your body, nourish your soul enough so that you can be prepared for the long haul. And as we talk about above, make sure that you're making lifestyle changes that will help your chances of success. Make sure you are addressing your stress, your emotional resilience. There are things you can do. So don't be helpless in this. You can join something like the intensive. You can come and check out my free masterclass. You can go visit, this is Alice Rose, the book, Stress Less, Accomplish More. There's lots of things that you can do yin yoga classes, potato breathing classes, all sorts of things that you can do, they will all positively affect your IVF success rates. But on an average, success is about 33 to 35%. 
Myth number seven, and I think this is something that we all know, but we all don't do a lot about, and it gets me every time. Men account for 50% of infertility. Even if the cause of infertility is female factor, guys can still work on improving things at their end. Like they can go from having average sperm to super sperm. And when they get the DNA, that sperm has to crumple up into the smallest little tiny DNA to get into that sperm. That means that there's a lot that can go wrong. If you've ever had a look at sperm and what the like average rates are, fuck, the average rates are so low for <laughs> sperm, like normal DNA fragmentation is 27%. And I think I uh, no one quote me, but that's possibly even means that only 27% are normal. So there's a lot that can be done with sperm and sperm can still have a huge impact. I also think that often when we're dealing with infertility and because the science is so new, I say this all the time, but the first IVF cycle was only done in like 1978. The first IVF babies only just turned 40. So this is all very new. There's a lot they don't know. There's a lot of tests like the test for AMH only came out in maybe like 2002 or 2003. It's all really new, guys. So there's a lot they don't know, especially once, you know, they put an embryo in and what affects implantation. They just don't know that much yet. And I always come back to this interview that I did once that talked about how there can be multiple things going on. And that's actually when we start to see real infertility is that there's multiple things happening and that's delaying everything, right? I've got so many friends that have ended up being tested and the person who they knew was wrong, yep, that's fine, they had their issues, but then the other person who should have been tickety-boo actually had subfertility as well. So men, I'm talking to the men here, research now shows that sperm also has a really large impact on miscarriage rates as well. So while you ladies are out there quitting coffee, taking the supplements, doing weekly yin yoga classes, joining things like my membership or my intensive, doing acupuncture, swapping your burger bun for lettuce or insert other hoop to jump through here. Give your husband a kick up the butt. Tell him that this is important. And regardless of what factor infertility you have been diagnosed with, it takes two to tango or three or an entire team. So you need to give him a kick up the butt to do his part too. Because things like IVF are super freaking expensive, okay? So you want to go through the least number of cycles that you can. So you want to be doing absolutely everything in your power to make sure that your sperm is beautiful, to make sure that your eggs are beautiful. And fertility does not have to be a linear line. You can be more fertile at 40 than you were at 30 because of the lifestyle, the way you're living your life and things like that. Boys, men, do your part. So that's seven myths of infertility. Do you love me? Do you hate me? Did I trigger you with some of those? I'm really sorry if I did. You're welcome to DM me on Instagram and let me know what you thought of this episode, whether it was valuable, whether you had any aha moments. Feel free to screenshot a copy of you listening to this episode as well and tag me in your stories so that I can then share you and share that with everyone else as well. 
Thank you so much for listening and I hope to catch you at the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Fertility Warriors podcast with me, your host, Robin Birkin. If you would like more tools, resources and courses to help you survive your journey, please head to robinburkin.com. And if you like this podcast, please share it with others. I look forward to catching you at the next episode.